Hey, what's up, listeners? This is Josh, Joshua Esters, and I'm back again with another episode. This episode actually sparks a new chapter in the direction that I want the podcast to go in. So I'm actually rebranding the podcast to focus in on the the movement and the and the the the, the thing that I'm most passionate about in e-commerce. As you know, uh, well, if you if this is not your first podcast you're listening to, you would know that prior uh, prior to this uh, episode, the podcast was named nine to five to rich wholesale e-commerce. And um, and I want to basically, you know, show my appreciation to um, for those who've been listening since day one. Um, I really appreciate you. And I hope there was something that I said um, during that time that, you know, brought some value and and kind of helped you out. And my goal is to continue doing that. If that is the case, my goal is to continue doing that. And the new direction that I want to go with the podcast is um, is 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 obviously if you've been you know watching my journey, I've been, you know, gradually um gradually opening up the tools in my toolbox in terms of online selling. So I went from, you know, being all Amazon FBA to now I am, um, you know, I brought in my horizons and kind of went into other platforms to sell on. So the, the new podcast name in the new movement um, is called Walkaway FBA. So it's going to be the Walkaway FBA podcast. And in this podcast, I want to, um, you know, help Amazon sellers um, broaden their perspective of online selling and build a more safe, secure and sustainable business um, moving forward, because that's something that I've been doing. And, you know, I kind of just been testing a lot of different things this past year and a half where, um, you know, where I'm selling on other platforms outside of Amazon FBA. And I learned a whole lot. I learned, uh, I learned a ton and there's a huge difference between my business now and my business before. And you can go back. Uh, all of the episodes will still be, um, you know, available if you ever want to go back and, and, and listen to those where I talk about Amazon. Um, that's great because um, I have a ton of episodes where I just uh, I just basically do a lot of uh, income reports month to month. And you will see, you know, that. I, you know, have, I've, you know, there's obviously more people who were more, you know, have been more successful than me on Amazon, but I have hit different levels of quote unquote success. Um, and you can hear those, um, you can hear about those things in those episodes and those income reports. So, so what am I trying to do here? What I'm trying to do is, is, open the minds of um, Amazon sellers to, you know, not take all the hits that they take. 
<laughs> you know, uh, there's 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 plenty of, you know, uh, drama with Amazon. If you've been selling on Amazon for a little while, um, you know, you, there's, there's lots of drama that you deal with. Now, this is this is business. There's always going to be um, for the lack of a lack of better word drama. There's always going to be issues and problems. You know, it's business. But I feel like a lot of the issues Amazon uh, FBA sellers uh, deal with, I feel like there's 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 just a better way. There's a better way, you know, to sell online and to build yourself a more safe, secure and sustainable business. Now, I come from um, I'll tell I'll tell a little bit about, you know, my beginnings, you know, for those who are first time listeners. You know, I started off just just the way everybody else for the most part, started off, you know, doing retail arbitrage, you know, going to Target, Walmart, you know, Ross or wherever. Right. And, um, you know, picking up uh, items mostly on sale uh, or, you know, marked down. Uh, Sometimes, you know, I bought items at retail price and um, sold them on Amazon, you know, point blank and simple. Right. And. You know, when I when I first started, um, I was a huge skeptic. I did. I, I didn't believe it was true that you can actually buy something um, in the store and sell it for more on Amazon. That that just didn't register in my brain when I first heard it. Um, so I was I was I was very, very, very skeptical. And at the time I was living in I was living in Los Angeles and I was part of a group. I was part of a Facebook group that I joined. Um, and and that was my first question in the group. I was just like, well, I, I live in an in expensive area, you know, and, and this this shows you how how little I knew about e-commerce. Right. Or just, you know, retail arbitrage, to be specific. I, would, I, I asked in the Facebook group that, um, you know, how, how I live in an expensive area it's, it's expensive in LA. So how can I buy something and then sell it online? It just didn't, it didn't make sense. Um, but you know, uh, I still continue to kind of, you know, just keep an open mind. And, um, uh, then, you know, shortly after I went to target one day and, um, this was probably around August, uh, 2017, um, around August or somewhere in the summer, um, right before school started. So maybe, maybe July or June. Um, well, when I say that, I mean like, you know, there, there were, uh, you know, school supplies being sold during, sold into stores during that time. So it might've been in like July, you know, um, the reason why I say that is because the first product that I ever bought was a, uh, uh it was a Minecraft, uh, backpack, you know, it was, I, I walked in target it literally like when you first walk in target, uh, it was, it was on the left-hand side. I was like, Hey, you know, this might be interesting. I took my, I took my, uh, Amazon, uh, app, scanned it, you know, I guess it looked good or, you know, for, <laughs> as much as I knew, right. I guess it looked good according to whatever I knew at the time. And I just said, Hey, you know, okay, whatever. Let me just pick up t- uh, three of these. I think I picked up maybe three or four, you know, for about probably 10 bucks or so. And, um, sent them in the FBA. And then as soon as they landed in the FBA, um, you know, I got notified that, you know, the products were available. And then I went to sleep, 
Woke up the next day, they were all sold. And that literally blew my mind. <laughs> it just blew my mind. And I was on board and I went nuts. I went nuts on Amazon FBA um, um, at that time. Now, there was other things going on in my life where um, uh, I couldn't um, I couldn't do it for too long. And part partly because I had a I had a business that was uh I had a uh, brick and mortar business. It was actually a, a franchise that was that was failing, and it was basically going under. And uh, I was dealing with that um, during that year, so uh, I was able to sell for about maybe three or four months. And um, I found a few opportunities doing retail arbitrage, and um, I was able to basically take November and December off and still have sales coming in because I bought so much of whatever I bought at the time. But anyways, that was my beginning, you know, that was my beginning, right? So 2017, August to about November, um, I did I did retail arbitrage. And what I want to do now is basically get into the reasons. So I talked about my beginning and it's probably very similar to other people's beginnings, but let me talk about some of the reasons why I'm walking away from FBA, right? So a little bit more backstory on my story. So um, this is 2017. At the end of the year, um, I had picked up my family and um, at the time, you know, it was my wife and my uh, two kids and I had a newborn um, on the way. Uh, so we, I picked up my family. We moved to Las Vegas. You know, it was cheaper and um, I had a job. Uh, I had a job. I transferred my job to Las Vegas. I transferred from, you know, Los Angeles to Las Vegas for, for my job. And I was to start that job um, in Las Vegas in January 2018. So I did that. Uh, December 19th, we touched down in Las Vegas, got ourselves together, went back to work um, January 3rd. And I'm just, you know, trying to just gather my life together. Right. Just trying to get my life together. I'm dealing with a, a, a failed business. I was about 100 grand in debt um, because of, you know, because of some decisions that I've made. Um, basically, I, I got into a bad deal. I, I bought a, um, uh, I bought into a franchise that was that was a bad deal, and um, and I, I'll probably talk about that at another time. Now, just mind you, I'm not, you know, I'm not balling. I wasn't balling before that. I wasn't like, you know, I bought a franchise. It was extremely easy to do, and um, you know, it's not what people think. You know, I borrowed a couple a couple dollars, and that was it. I never had, I didn't have my own money, but I, I'll probably talk about those things another time. But anyways, I was a hundred grand in debt. Um, when I, when I, uh, when I started FBA for the first time, 2017, and I was still, you know, a hundred grand in debt when I moved out here to Las Vegas. And so I'm working January comes, um, you know, my newborn, uh, or, you know, my, uh, my baby, my third baby, who was on the way, uh, was born in, um, was born in May. All right. So, you know, between January and May, I'm just, you know, gathering my, my shit together, just trying to, you know, trying to get it together. Right. 
trying to get get back on track with life for for a second. And um, <clears throat> and then what happened was I took some time off. You know, you're able to take time off, family leave or whatever they call it. And I'm able to take time off to you know for my to be to bond with the new baby, right? Now I did that for maybe about a month and a half, two months. I come back, so I, um, I I I felt like my you know my wife needed more help, so I had to extend it maybe a week or two. And then I was scheduled to come back to work. You know they called me in thirty minutes earlier than usual. Well, they scheduled me 30 minutes earlier than the usual time. And then that morning, they let me go. Right. So I'm like, um, so at that point, I'm just like, you know, this, this, this whole job thing, it just, it just, it's just not for me because I just haven't had good luck. You can say I had some good situations, but I just never had good luck in terms of finding a place that I can work and, um, and I guess climb up the ladder or something like that. But I, I, I never saw myself doing that anyway. So, you know, it was going to play out that way. I, I never envisioned that, envisioned that. So I guess it, it played out the way I envisioned it. So before that, I have been thinking about getting back into FBA. And, um, and then when I got fired, I was like, okay, I need to go all in. I need to go all in. So... Um, so I did that. Started back with retail arbitrage. Uh, this is like, you know, um, this is like June, June 2018. And uh, somewhere around there, you know, um, July or somewhere around there. So about a couple of months after my, my, my third child was born. Um, might have been like July or something like that. But anyways, I digress a little bit. So, you know, I get that going. And then that's that's great. You know, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing retro arbitrage and, I, and I'm, I'm 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 knocking it out the park as best I can because, uh, you know, we needed money, so on and so forth. I'm, I'm just, you know, I was just pulling from what I knew from the previous year and also, you know, trying to do new things. Um, so so, you know, I, I found as much success as I possibly could do a retail arbitrage. I found some great deals. I, I, I just, I did things that were, you know, that I didn't see myself doing, um, because I was going so hard. I mean, I was literally, I was, uh, you know, for, for maybe about six hours every day, I'll be out sourcing, um, every single day, six hours, you know, while my wife's at home with all three of the kids, you know, so it was, it was very, it was very hard, but she, she actually really held it down pretty well. Because, uh, you know, we, we moved into, you know, we were living in Los Angeles in a very small, you know, apartment. And then we got a bigger apartment in Las Vegas for, you know, for even for less money we were spending, less money than we were spending in, 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 in Los Angeles. So, you know, there were some elements of lifestyle that, um, that kind of helped with alleviating the stress. But it was still very difficult, you know, because my, my oldest was about maybe four uh, what was this? 2018. Yeah. So my oldest was about four years old. Um, she wasn't in school at the time. And then my second was about two, two years old. So, you know, so she's dealing with the four or two and the new baby and I'm doing everything I possibly could to just, you know, make, make ends meet. And I was doing it. Okay. Now, you know, there's this constant, you know, but, but the thing is after a while, it, retail arbitrage, 
it's not something that I can really build a business around. Yes, there are people who may have done it, you know, where they're hiring people to go out to the stores and buy things and they, they give their credit cards to them and, and do all these different things that I could not see myself doing. Um, so, so to build that to a scalable business was extremely um, was extremely mind bending. I, I believe in, in the Amazon's field, in the Amazon field, that's probably the hardest way to scale a business is doing retail arbitrage. Just the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs, which is in every business model, but it's it's not an attractive business model, I guess you can say, uh, for me rather. And then and then I found you know I found some wholesale opportunities shortly after that. Started, you know, getting into wholesale, you know, buying wholesale and selling Amazon. And um, that was around the holidays, uh, approaching Q4. And um, if you go back into uh, my episode where um, I forget which episode it is exactly, but uh, I remember the title is uh, The Seed to $20,000 a Month. And that's when I discovered, you know, wholesale. When I talk about that. And, and I recorded that podcast, you know, a couple of years ago, but it's a, it's a probably, you know, it's one of the early podcasts, probably episode, you know, 10 or somewhere around there. I don't really 100 percent remember. But if you go to if you you know look for it, look for the C to twenty thousand dollars or something like that. And, and I talk about wholesale and that really blew my mind uh, in terms of, OK, I need I need scalability. Right. I need to be able to scale. I need to be able to make more money and also be home more, you know, because uh, hitting the store six hours a day. That's cool. You know, that's cool for a little bit. You know, but after a while it gets old, you know, and, and not only that, you know, it, it, it could be very discouraging many days. Right. But anyways, that was a great actually Q4 for me. Um, you know, I. I I just, you know, I went bananas, basically signing up for wholesale accounts, looking at products. You know, I've looked at thousands and thousands and thousands of products and hundreds and hundreds of companies to um, to wholesale from or, you know, to buy wholesale from. And I've signed up for, you know, hundreds of accounts. So um, but I started running into an issue now. I started running into an issue where it's like, OK, well, it, it's these products are you know, the products that I'm looking at, there's no margin, there's no profit, you know, in them. And, you know, and even if I did, you know, buy some of these products and I did buy some of those products at, at certain times, I don't really know, you know, I don't really know what my profits are going to be because competitors pop up every now and then or they stay on the listing and they, you know, drive the price down and all this kind of stuff. So I was I was, you know finding different wholesale opportunities, but they weren't that good. Um, now, this is outside of Q4. Q4, I had a great Q4. I sold a lot of holiday items, and that was that was actually really great. I, you know, if you, I, have, I have my income reports during that time. So if you go to the months ending 2018, those episodes, I talk about my monthly income, my monthly profits, and all that kind of stuff in those episodes. And it was great. But after that, I had to make a decision. I was going to go to wholesale or I was going to do retail arbitrage or I was going to do maybe a hybrid of both. 
and I, I said I was going to do wholesale, right? So, you know, I'm, I, four or five months, three or four or five months prior to January 2019, I had, you know, signed up for all these different wholesale accounts. I worked with all these different companies, you know, but when I look at the products, there's no margin, there's no profits, you know, uh, or if there is profits, you know, I buy it and I, and I send it in Amazon and then there may be issues with other sellers popping up, you know, uh, you know, taking the prices, all that kind of stuff. But anyways, so, you know, in a nutshell, that's, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave it right there. That's, that, that's pretty much my journey in a nutshell, you know, um, at least during those times. So I, I struggled a lot. Um, 2019 struggled a whole lot in, in, in my business, focusing on Amazon as an Amazon seller. I, I struggled a whole lot, but, um, I started, you know, around February, I started diving in just slowly, just gradually, not really intentionally, just, you know, asking different questions of myself in terms of my business and in terms of some of the products that I'm finding or, 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 um, some of the, pro- you know, some of the companies that I am, you know, signing up for wholesale accounts. I just started asking different questions in my head, and that led to me gradually selling on eBay, Macari, and Poshmark, and um, uh, and and um, and now Etsy, right? So, so <clears throat> walk away FBA. It's it's not. I'm what I'm not saying. Uh, is, you know, abandon Amazon FBA because there's a place, I think, I believe there's a place for Amazon FBA in your business strategy. There could be a place, but to have your entire business on Amazon is the worst possible thing you can do. It's the worst to have your entire business on Amazon. Now, let's go through I want to go through a few a few item points. A few item points on the reason why I'm walking away from uh FBA. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about capital risk. Capital risk. So in the wholesale business, which I'm which I'm coming from, so I don't know much about private label. I know a little bit, but I haven't really done it. So I'm not talking about the private label folks. And to a certain degree, I actually am. But more so Amazon wholesalers. There's a lot of capital that you have to put in. Now, there's, you know, there's tons of content out there, you know, on YouTube or blogs or whatever. And they're saying that, you know, people who are trying to sell you on the idea of wholesale FBA is that you don't need a lot of money. You don't need a lot of money, you know, to open a wholesale account with, with a lot of these companies. It only requires you to spend, you know, two hundred fifty to five hundred dollars per order, you know. And those, those those things are true. Those things are very true. You know, some you know minimum order quantity, uh, minimum order is a hundred bucks for many companies. Two fifty, five hundred. That's very very common. It's not that common to be to find a company that requires a minimum order of a thousand or fifteen hundred. It's more common that, you know, they they require $250, $500, you know. And then what they're also saying is um, um, 
that, you know, you don't need a lot of money. But they do say a lot. I hear a lot of people say that, you know, those who are advocating for the Amazon wholesale business model that, yeah, you want to have like three to five grand, which is I think is I think that's decent. I think that's decent. Three to five grand to start Amazon wholesale. It's decent. It's decent. But the problem the problem that I'm finding is with with what's with that idea is now if if you're someone who's thinking about that model, that business model, you don't want to just have FBA. Right. So three to five grand, you're probably going to make about five hundred to a thousand dollars. On Amazon with that, with the three or five grand, you'll probably make profit on that five grand, roughly uh, five hundred to a thousand bucks. You know, and the problem, the capital risk that I'm talking about is now you can go buy these products. But as soon as you get them to, uh, as soon as you send them to FBA, there's a lot of issues that could possibly happen in between the time you you ship it to FBA, all the way up until you finally sell out, if it even gets to that point. Let me break that down a little bit. So, a lot of people want to use a prep center, right? Let me use a prep center. I have I have I, I I don't see myself doing anything like that. I don't ever see myself doing anything like that because, you know, prep centers and this is you know, this may come off as I'm I'm being um negative or something like that. But, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of, you know there's a lot of bad things that could possibly happen at prep prep centers. They could be not insured correctly. And if, you know, a fire burns down their building, burns down your your uh your property you can't get reimbursed for that okay if they're not insured correctly and you have to basically ask those questions and get proof of those prep centers that they are insured your products will be insured at those prep centers you don't hear anybody really talking about that you don't hear anybody online ever talking about that they just say hey you know use a prep center here's a list of different prep centers but no one ever thinks about Okay, are these prep centers insured? Now, another thing, prep centers, there's many stories of prep centers actually stealing products, you know. So, I mean, like, literally packing their business up with everything that's in the building or in their prep center and taking off. All right. So, if you have $5,000 and you're going up against the risk of a prep center... You're in bad shape. You're in bad shape. You're just in bad shape. Now, it may never happen. But I see it as a risk. A risk is a probability that something could occur. Right? Um, even though the probability is low, I cannot, me personally, I don't have $5,000 to just lose. Okay? Now, if you can lose it, sure. If you have, if you, you know, you got 20 grand in the bank, 15, 20. 15, uh, 10, 15, 20 grand in the bank, it's a risk you're able to take. But most people do not have that. And, and I don't feel like it's a risk that people are able to take. So, okay, let me get off of that for a little bit. So let's say you're not using a prep center. Just say you're, you're, you're shipping it yourself. And, and, you know, also the cost of, you know, a prep center, I think it's a lot ridiculous. 
how much you'll, you'll be spending. So that five hundred to a thousand dollars profit on your five thousand can actually turn into two fifty, uh, or you know, two fifty, two hundred fifty dollars profit if you're using the prep center because of the fees and costs that that go with that. But if say if you're shipping it yourself, you ship it to Amazon. Amazon, um, you know, they can lose your inventory. And uh, or, you know, it can take a long time for them to, you know, basically make it available in there uh, on their platform. So that's that uh, that transfer time. Right. So the the time you send it to FBA, just because you send it to one of their warehouses doesn't make it available because they have to, you know, send it to sometimes not all the time. A lot of times they have to send it to other warehouses. So after you send it to one warehouse, depending on how many products you have, so on and so forth, those products could be shipped out to other warehouses, which can extend the time on uh, um, on when your items are actually available for sale. Me personally, I don't like that. I, I can't, I, I don't like that if my entire business is on Amazon. All right. So if my entire business is on Amazon, that lead time, I have zero control of it. No control. So the capital uh, risk is you're basically you're if you're using a prep center, you're risking your capital there. If you're sending it to FBA, you're risking your capital in the sense that you could be losing money. You're losing money you you could have been making, right? So 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 it's more of a phantom loss, I guess you could say in that sense. But because I, once I get my inventory, I want it. You know, I, I would like it to be it be available now. Like my current business now. Once I get my inventory, I list it, post it, or whatever, it's available right then and there. And someone could buy it that day. They can buy it tomorrow. I don't have to wait weeks for it to get to FBA. Um, the, the, the last thing on the capital risk is, is the, 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 the nasty competition that could occur on, on an FBA listing or on a listing to, in, in general. So... When you buy the product, whatever you projected as profit is not going to be the pro- may not be the profit um, if it's you know if if there's going to be other sellers or if there is other sellers. So if there's no limit on how many Amazon sellers a company allows, um, if you're buying from a certain company and they and, you know there's no limit on how many they they sellers they allow, you're basically you know you. You're, you're, you're basically rolling the dice, you know, you're rolling the dice, buying products that look good in a particular moment, sending them to Amazon FBA. Next thing you know, there's four, three more sellers, 10 more sellers, and then your chances of making money uh, get really slim. So you're either there's, there's two things you're going to do. So you're going to either wait it out. You're going to wait until they sell their uh, inventory out, which you don't really know if they're ever going to do because they could be replenishing as they're selling. So you don't really know. Um, so you're going to wait till they sell out or you're just going to, you know, sell at a, sell at a loss to uh, just get your capital back. Now, if you do either one of those situations is bad business, that's a that's a bad business decision. So if you send your products in the next thing you know, there's four or five more sellers and you want to wait it out until until, um, you know, the next person or the next couple people sell out. You're basically losing money. So you put your capital into something and you're not making anything back. 
not to mention the time that it took to even get to FBA and to be available. So you're looking at that time and then, you know, who knows what the time will be when you start making a sale if you use that strategy in terms of waiting it out. Or you can sell at a loss or break even, which is also a waste of time. It's a waste of time and a waste of capital. So the capital risk is you can spend that 5000 and not make anything. You can. It's possible. You know, and then that was just a waste of time. It's a waste of time, a waste of your energy. You basically lost money because you spent all the time to even find these products. And then you come out uh, without making money. All right. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm walking away. The other reason why that I'm walking away from FBA is because the cost, the cost to even run the business, right? The cost to even run a, a and I'm specifically a wholesale uh, FBA business, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing on how many tools that, you know, a lot of people say you need, right? You need a tool to, you need a tool um, you need to pay for a software that, uh, uh, like a repricer, for example, that reprices all your products at this time and this time and so on and so forth, right? And then you need a software to help you um, um, find uh, profitable products on Amazon, and, you know, that scans the Amazon catalog and does this, right? This that could be a, it could be a hundred bucks. Repricer could be, you know, eighty, hundred bucks, you know. And then you need a uh, a software or some type of tool that, you know, uh, scans the spreadsheets that companies have on the different products, and and it matches it, it matches it on Amazon and see if there's a profit. And and you need a tool that does this. You need a tool that, um, you know, all these different softwares, you know. That that they're that that are being promoted to Amazon sellers, you can you know it, it can go up to about five hundred dollars a month. You know if you're if you're you know if you're using different softwares, you know you you you, you can you can be spending about five hundred dollars a month, and that's without any real pro- prospects. So if you go into the Amazon wholesale model, let's say five grand, right? And you get all these different tools. You have all these different tools that that that's going to allow you to, uh, you know, find prof- profitable products. You know, you're already eating away at your capital. You know, you're eating away at your capital. And on top of that is what I started to say at the beginning, which is, you know, well, what if? You know, there's more sellers or what if people are undercutting you by a penny and, you know, and, and, and what if, you know, what if your product doesn't sell because there's just so many sellers. So you're constantly competing on price. And only that you spent all this time and energy learning about, learning about all these tools and, and uh, paying for them, which is already, um, taking away from your potential profit and there's no real prospects. When, I, when I'm saying no, no real prospects is I can pay for tools and not have anything to sell at the end of the day. I'm using them, you know, trying to find this and find that. And I can't find tool. I can't find what I'm looking for. Or I don't know how to use the tools effectively enough. You know, um, me personally, I was never into the tool thing. You know, I've never bought a repricer. I have uh, bought different softwares in between time, but I was never really a fan of them. I was always I was always wanting to do things manually. So if I'm if I'm you know trying to find profitable wholesale 
companies, I do it manually. I don't, I don't like the tools. Um, my opinion, my opinion is everybody could be using the tools the same way and everybody doing the same thing, right? Looking for the same thing, finding the same thing. And even if I did a little bit different, I still never really had success with these uh, different Amazon seller tools in terms of finding profitable products and finding profitable uh, companies to reach out to to get wholesale accounts. Uh, It never was my thing. I always wanted to get in, get my hands dirty and try to see opportunities that other people that that was my that was my thing like if everybody else is using the tools i'm gonna not use the tools and find the opportunities that the tools aren't finding that was my whole thing so so the the cost to to run an fba business um i think are just are are really just unnecessary there is really unnecessary to do and uh the last thing you know, or or one of the, you know, this is the last thing I'm going to talk about, but uh, the last thing I'm going to talk about in terms of why I'm walking away from FBA is, um, uh, and there's many reasons, but, you know, these are my, I guess my top three, uh, yeah, you know, there's, there's low control, low control and low or no ownership in your business. See, when you're, when you're an Amazon FBA seller, you you don't you don't have any control of the business that you're trying to run, and you definitely don't have any ownership. Uh, ownership, excuse me. So, um, one of the things that come to my comes to my mind right now, in particular, is uh, in in regards to the ownership part. You know, Amazon makes it clear that they own the customer. They don't want you trying to, you know, take sales off of Amazon or you can't get, they're not, they're not going to give you your, your, their email addresses and um, think, things like that of your customers so you can reach out to them and, and offer them uh, more products. They're not going to give you that. They own the customer. Okay. It, it's, it's really understated in the you know Amazon selling community how important uh how important ownership of the customer really is it's really understated it's not really talked about unless there's people talking about you know the opposing side i guess you could say or the opposite side rather they're talking about this stuff but no one's really talking about the ownership of the customer, really. Now, Amazon doesn't want you to, you know, there's certain guidelines and things like that you can do um, uh, in terms of, you know, reaching out to, to the customers who buy your products. But you got to be very careful because Amazon has very strict rules on that, um, on, on the things you can do and on the things you can't do in terms of communicating with customers um, during a sale. So, but they own the customer, okay? Now, the other part of this is control. There's low, low, low or no control of the business. Um, and it, it kind of goes back to the first thing I was talking about in terms of the, 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 the lead time or the lag time, rather, to get your products to FBA, which could be, you know, it, it could be, 
I've been in situations where it's been up to a month. I've been in situations where, uh, you know, they'll check in within a couple of days after I send it. I've been in situations where they checked in a couple of weeks and it, it got to, you know, it, it, it just varies. It just varies. I have no control of it. And, uh, I have no real control what happens in my business because I'm not operating my business. I'm, I'm just selling products on a platform. It's not a real business. I don't have customers because they're not my customers. And if, and if you don't have customers, you, you don't have a business. And if you can't communicate to the customers, you don't have a business. You're just kind of a middle person. You just, you know, move the products. Um, you move the product. You, you, you basically are a middle person, you know, and, and, and that's pretty much it. So you don't have much control. Amazon controls everything because they, they you know, they, they have all the leverage, right? They have the it's, the, it's the biggest online e-commerce platform that exists. They're going to tell you how to do it, what to do. If you can sell an item, if you can't sell an item, they'll tell you and they'll tell you whenever they want to tell you. Now, the great thing about wholesale is you don't have to worry about too much um, being restricted, right? So, um and when I was doing retail arbitrage, a big problem that I kept having uh, periodically was I'll buy a product and then I'll send it to FBA. And then when it when it checks in FBA, they tell me I can't sell it or I'm re- restricted. Right. Even though I sold the same item last month, I'm restricted now. And what they want is um, they they used to take receipts. You can you know show them your receipt from Target or whatever. They they used to take take that. Um, but now they want a invoice. They want to see that you actually bought it from someone reputable or a distribution company or from the actual company or from the actual brand. So a distribution company or actual brand, they want to see an invoice of you buying those products. And if you can't provide that, then you're, you're just basically, uh, SOL. But now with the, with the wholesale, uh, with wholesale, you know, you have invoices all the time. So if there's ever any issues, you can just send it over and it's no, it's no problem. Um, <clears throat> But but that but that, you know, if you're doing retail arbitrage, that's another thing that you, you don't really control. I mean, you can, you know, you send products in, but, you know, you get that notification that you get restricted and then, you know, you have a different problem. Um, I, I, I and oh, and then back to the uh, back to the ownership part real quick. <clears throat> so the, the thing about uh, another thing about ownership is that's actually the end that that should be the end goal for all of these e- for all these e-commerce business models wherever you are and if if you're taking you know if you're if you want to you know take this um take e-commerce as something you want to do and not just something part-time cuz part-time you know it's totally different you know you, you, if you're part-time then it, you know everything i'm saying you know doesn't really matter that much if you don't really see yourself doing this for a little while but if you really want to take this to the next level, ownership is what you have to move towards. You have to move towards ownership of the customer and then uh, uh, ownership of your own products. Right. So in wholesale, you know, we don't own. Obviously, I don't own any of the products I sell, you know, uh, but there's other ways that I take advantage of the ownership of, of owner, ownership advantages 
um, in my business currently. There's, there's, there's certain ways that I do it that, that, that aren't allowed on Amazon, you know, that I, that I can't do on Amazon. Um, but I would like to get into that at another, at another time. But basically what I'm saying is like, if you have a product or a brand that you sell, if you're, you know, host, if you're, you know, buying wholesale, what you, what you would like to, what you would want to do. And it's something I've been doing is, um, if it's, if it's a, if it's a brand that's kind of niche, um, or well-known, you can do it either way. So if the brand is kind of niche or well-known and you have a wholesale account with them and you sell their products, your responsibility to yourself is to find out why people are buying this product and is there something you can do uh, different or better in, in, in terms of that product and bring that product and bring that product to market. Whatever's different, whatever's better, Use the data, use the data that you're uh, seeing and um, uh, use your use, use the data that you're seeing, you know, because you're the seller and use the data that you're getting from customers. And taking that and forming either your own company with a similar but different or similar but better product and provide it to that same customer. Now I, I'm gonna get deeper into that at a different time, but but that's something you want to do, and it's something that Amazon does twenty four seven. Amazon takes the data from the customer on their platform. See, see the 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 brilliance of Amazon is this. A lot of people are mad at Amazon for this. A lot of people are really mad is they're taking the data. So if you have a product, if you have a product that you're selling, doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter where it's coming from, there's data behind that. They know, Amazon knows how many people are searching for that item, okay? So they know the keywords. They, they know that a customer is most willing to buy at this price point or the customer is most willing to buy at this price point. What are the demographics of that person? They have all this data, Right. And then what they do is they package that data and they come up with Amazon basics. Right. If you know what Amazon basics is, you know, what I'm talking about and they have a similar product. It could be better. It could be not better. It could, it could just be cheaper. And then they put that product on Amazon on their own platform next to yours. Right. But there's cheaper because it's Amazon basics. And then, you know, they capture those sales because they're coming up with data. So you, whatever you sell on Amazon, you're actually helping Amazon with getting data for them to come up with their own products to sell next to the products you're selling. Right. That's the same thing that we have to do. We have to take these products that we're selling. My In my case, the products that, were, that, uh, uh, that I'm selling and get data, start understanding the customer a little more. And you can't really do that on Amazon, but you can when you're selling on other platforms. You can when you have a multi-channel business, a multi-channel business such as mine right now. You can, right? So I'm I'm gathering data currently. I'm gathering data all the time, and um, you know, and I'm contemplating constantly about okay, well, you know, this 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 product is doing pretty well, um, you know. 
and there are certain uh, there's certain data that I can see on other platforms when I'm when I'm selling on Poshmark, Etsy, or eBay, or even uh, Macari. Um, there's things I can see that's helping me kind of get an idea of maybe how can I can how I can basically offer this same pro- not the same product but off- offer a product to this customer that the, that the customer will want or need that's either complementary to the product I'm already selling them or it's you know it it functions the same way but it's different better or cheaper right and I can place it next to the wholesale products that I'm already selling to that customer right so so that's that's actually the end goal right so um so ownership you may not own the products you're selling now but you own the data that you are getting when you're selling on multiple chat platforms when you're when you're selling off of amazon you can accumulate data and that data you own that right and you can use it to your advantage so 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 there's 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 low or no control much not much control on Amazon, very little ownership. Uh, those two I put together in the same category. So we talked about capital risk, talked about costs to run in uh, Amazon business, Amazon wholesale business, and you know, and the little to no control in ownership. Those are the three main uh, categories that I'm talking about when I'm talking about why I'm walking away from FBA. Um, all of those things lead to a very, uh, you know, all of those things lead to a very, uh, unsustainable business. I didn't really sleep at night that well. Um, even when I was doing well on Amazon, you know, like I said, you know, I have income reports. I talk about all of the money I was making uh, back in 2019 or early, you know, um, up until maybe May or June of 2019, I was doing really well on on uh, on Amazon. After that, I had a lot of hiccups, a lot of hiccups. And that's because, you know, uh, a lot of the companies that I was I had wholesale accounts with, um, you know, there were problems and then they cut me off. Right. So I was making a lot of money and then they, they didn't want me selling on Amazon. So I had to stop selling on Amazon. And, um, you know, I poured a lot of money into these brands and I made a lot of money and, um, and yeah, and just like that, I was, you know, losing money. There's a, there's a few months where I didn't make any money into the 2019 and that's really bad, right? That's really bad if, you know, not making any money, uh, any profit rather. So, um, so, you know, you know, I, I'm extremely passionate about building a more safe, secure, and sustainable business. Now, the thing is, hey, you know, I still do, uh, I still do, it's, it's very little compared to what, you know, obviously compared to what I was doing before. I, it, I still do Amazon FBA, very little. Um, I do a lot of, Am- I do more Amazon Merchant Fulfilled than, uh, than um, FBA. And I'll just give you, I'll give you an example of how, how much my business shifted. So, you know, 2000, um, 2019, I, I did, I think I did, uh, I have an episode on this too. I did about, uh, I think I did 150,000, 150,000 in sales, 2019, um, 
let's see. So I'm trying to remember. I think I the way I I calculated the hundred fifty thousand. I'm trying to think if it was from the time that I lost my job uh, in the anniversary from that time, which was June. I don't remember, but the podcast that will tell you. So I think it was. Uh, I don't know if I did the entire calendar 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 year. Excuse me. Uh, was one hundred fifty thousand, or from June two thousand eighteen to June two thousand nineteen was one hundred fifty thousand. I don't remember, but it, it's in it's in the podcast um, that I that I put together it's the the anniversary podcast called the anniversary podcast one hundred fifty thousand year one. So you know I did one hundred fifty thousand year one. I sold about five thousand units, um, and that was two thousand nineteen. Two thousand twenty. I'm um, you know I'm barely barely hitting like uh for the for the year so far right now september i'm barely doing like uh amazon if i were to guess probably about maybe maybe ten thousand dollars in sales total for the for the year so far and that number is going to jump because you know because of q4 i do do amazon fba during q4 but my business right now is entirely different so right now uh, i'll give you let me give you let me give you real quick another example of how different my business is right now so right now i sell on i sell on five platforms i sell on um i sell on amazon i do amazon fba just a little bit very little um i do merchant fulfilled on amazon I have, a, I have a business on eBay, I have a business on Etsy, I have a business on Macari, I have a business on Poshmark. And I look at those as different income streams because they're totally different. They're totally different. Um, I do, I sell mostly the same stuff on each platform. Some items do better than uh, some some like I have some items that do better on one platform versus another. I may not get any sales on one particular product in one platform, but I get a lot of sales on a different platform. And there's many reasons for that, you know, and uh, I'll be talking about things like that moving forward. But um, I currently have about 100 SKUs, about 100 SKUs. In between 80 and 100, I usually have between 80 and 100 at, at any given time. And um, I have them across all the platforms. Now, I don't have those same 100 SKUs on each platform. I just have a total of 100 SKUs, right? And then, you know, some more, there's more on some and less on others, on different platforms. But let me break down another example of how different my business is. So let me just go, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go over my sales for today uh or let me let me say yesterday it's yesterday actually um right now it's about it's about one o'clock in the morning right now so i go over my sales for yesterday my sales yesterday um so uh on amazon uh on amazon i had nine sales on amazon you know right now it's getting halloween excuse me I i have a few halloween items and I put them on Amazon Merchant Fulfilled. I have a little bit of Amazon um, FBA stuff. So I would say about half of that is FBA and half of that is Merchant Fulfilled. I have nine sales. Um, yeah, about half and half. And that was uh, $250. $250 in sales yesterday on Amazon total. eBay, I did... Um, 
I did three sales on eBay yesterday, $115 in sales. Uh, Etsy, I had one sale on Etsy yesterday, and that was $42. Uh, Macari, yesterday I had uh, two sales, and that was uh, $96 in sales on Macari yesterday. And then Poshmark, uh, Poshmark actually was was a really good day on Poshmark, (laughs) had six sales. I usually don't do that many sales on Poshmark in one day. Um, but six, six, six sales. My, actually, my Poshmark is actually kicking back up. It's kicking back up in gear. It was kind of in limbo since June, but I think Q4 is coming. People, uh, and, 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 uh, Poshmark, Poshmark last year around this time up until, um, yeah, September all the way up till, you know, December, even January, February, March is, a, was amazing for me last year. And, you know, in January, February, March of this year. But uh, so I think it's coming back to that same thing because um, it was dead for a couple of months. But anyway, six sales on Poshmark for $215, $215 of sales on, on Poshmark. Um, so if, if I, if I, um, if I, if I add all the sales up, right, so let's see. Six, two, one, three, nine. So that's um that's five platforms right now. So five platforms I sell on. I had twenty one sales yesterday. And if I add up the uh the dollar amount on the sales, so So, uh, so yesterday I did $718 in sales, $718 in sales on five platforms altogether. And those numbers, you know, they're different each day, right? They're different each day. eBay, one day, you know, one day maybe $400 in sales. It may be twenty dollars in sales. I mean, that's not common, but but uh, maybe two hundred dollars in sales or a hundred dollars in sales, and then Amazon could be you know fifty or zero, you know, and Macari could be you know a hundred and fifty, and then Etsy could be you know two hundred, you know. So every day, it's you know it's it's different each day, right? So seven hundred eighteen dollars in sales. Now I'll tell you this right now, you know. You know, I'm not trying to flex. I'll tell you, like, this is not an average day for me. Average day is not $718 in sales. That's not, that's not average. That's really good. I'm really happy about that. You know, at that rate, if I could do $700 in sales a day, that's, you know, that's about $21,000 in in profits. Excuse me, in sales, (laughs) not profits. So $718, you know, just over $20,000 in the, and uh, sales a month, you know, if I did that every day, which would be amazing, right? Um, but it's it's not that. It's not, you know, it's not that. Um, last month, you know, um, I have an episode on that. Last month, I finally cracked, or was that this month? I think it was, yeah, last month, August, excuse me, August, I finally hit 10K um, off of Amazon, you know, so across Poshmark, Mercari, Etsy, and eBay, you know, um, hit 10,000 a month in sales. And, um, I'm on track of hitting that again this month. Hopefully, hopefully it happens. Um, I'll let you guys know, but 
I prefer my business to look like this. I prefer it. I, I literally just prefer it because there's so many benefits of having a multi-channel business, you know, where you're not on Amazon FBA entirely. There's so many different things. And I've been, uh, you know, I've been, you know, experimenting since February 2018. I mean, I didn't really intentionally try to experiment until later that year. But um, just experimenting with other platforms and um, and and now I'm at a place where it's like, oh, OK, I, I know what I'm doing now. <laughs> um, and there's still a lot to learn. You know, there's still a lot to learn. But I actually I haven't had any issues in terms of some of the things I deal with if I was an Amazon only business. And one of the beauties is, you know, there's, there's, um, you may hurt me. You may have heard of platform risk, right? So if you have a business entirely, um, relying on one platform, there's platform risk. So if, you know, an algorithm changes, if, um, if, if something changes, you know, with that platform, you know, you could, you know, you could be, you could be in trouble, but this way, I'm, you know, there's one, two, three, five, five different algorithms that I'm working with. So if one algorithm changes, uh, depending on which one, like if if eBay for some, yeah, eBay actually, you know, there were some ad, out, ad, algorithm changes um, recently with eBay and it did kick my sales. My sales had did go down in the month of August, for example. I talk about this too, and in the podcast for uh, for hitting ten thousand in sales. My my when I hit ten thousand in sales off of Amazon, my eBay was actually uh, down from previous months, and that had a lot to do with some algorithm changes that they did. But I still hit ten thousand because I was selling on other platforms. So so I prefer my business to look like this, and and here's the real deal. Here's the real deal. It 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 it. It took me a, a long time to figure this out. It took me a long time to figure this out. It took me a long time to get this set up, right? Um, because I didn't know. Uh, first of all, I don't. I don't know anybody who's doing this. I don't. Um, I don't see too much, even online, of anybody doing this. So I'm, this is just me by myself figuring this out. There's a, and there's a lot I figured out. And now that I'm at a place where it's like, okay, all I got to do is this, and then this happens. All I got to do is this, and then this happens. I do this, and then this happens. I can kind of predict now what happens if I do X, Y, and Z. I, 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 now, that I can, now that I know, I can duplicate this. I can continue to do it, right? And that's what I want to talk about in this new chapter of the podcast is is kind of you know um, for those Amazon sellers who are seeing the things that I've seen and been through the things that I've been through and are kind of just questioning right if what they're doing makes any sense I want to help those people see a way out to kind of broaden their perspectives and get out into and get out and get on the direction to a path where they have a more safe, secure and sustainable business by selling off of Amazon entire uh, selling off of Amazon, you know, 
um, but not, you know, they don't have to sell off, off Amazon 100%, obviously, because I think, I, like I said, there's a place for Amazon FBA, but it's not, that place on FBA is not what um, what we've been seeing, uh, at, least, at least a lot of us. A lot of us have probably, you know, bought courses and, you know, we follow different people on online, and I, and, and that way, uh, that way that has been be, that the way it's been taught over the last couple of years in terms of you know Amazon FBA, I I think it's uh, I think it's you know it, it sounds great right it's Amazon and you want to sell on Amazon, but I think there's a, there's a there's a there's a trap that comes with it. There's 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 a there's a kind of like this this magnetic or hold or something once you get into that that cycle of selling on Amazon you get into this trap of only able to sell on Amazon and not really thinking outside the box let's face it like i said Amazon is the biggest e-commerce platform but there's millions hundreds of millions of people who buy things off Amazon and there's millions of people who don't, who do not buy anything on Amazon, you know, but, you know, I didn't think that way. You know, I was like, well, everybody has Amazon. It's Amazon, you know, it's, you know, Amazon's this, Amazon's that, you know, it's, it's, it's Amazon. So, you know, everybody buys and sells on, you know, everybody buys stuff on Amazon, you know, but that's not the entire country, you know, or the entire world rather, you know, that's not the case. So I just wanted to kind of just like open people's minds and, and show them there's another way to to actually build a business that you can actually rely on, and and uh, and actually build a build an actual real business instead of building Amazon's business. All right. So so um so you know there's gonna be some changes in the podcast. You know um probably starting next week in terms of you know structure and all that kind of stuff. Um, but but like I said, we're 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 rebranding and changing the direction. It's not really a change in direction, really, because if you've been following my podcast, you kind of you saw this coming. You, you saw it, you know, uh, just the different things I was talking about. But just rebranding it to kind of solidify, you know, where we're going moving forward. You know, the Walk Away FBA podcast. So, um, so you know, like. Uh, not like, but really subscribe or follow the podcast, share the podcast, um, or share this episode rather. Follow me on on Twitter at Joshua Esters. I try to use uh, Twitter a little bit more. And in, in, in Twitter, I kind of want to basically, um, if you, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I kind of want to get my my thoughts in between podcasts on you know somewhere. Um, and if you want to, you know, see those, some of the things that I'm, I'm, I don't really get a chance to talk about on the podcast, I want to drop them in on Twitter. Because um, my journey, obviously, is has not ended. It's still going. There's still a lot that I, I just don't have time to talk about. So, you know, I try to get those things out, of, out on my mind on Twitter. So, um, and that's also a place, I think, um, where I'll be connecting for the most part. So hit me up on Twitter if you if you want to connect, if there's anything I could possibly do to help you in in, in your journey, you know, I'm I'm open. 
um, you know, open to questions or anything like that, or if anything I didn't clear up really in the podcast or something like that. But let's connect on Twitter at Joshua Esters. Subscribe, follow, whatever you got to do to the podcast um, so you can get notifications and things like that. Um, the goal is to get a podcast out every week. I don't really, honestly, I don't really know exactly what day in particular, but it's starting to feel like Wednesday, you know, but I want to get one out every week. So follow the podcast, please. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so, but, but thank you so much for, uh, uh, you know, um, I know it's sort of a long podcast, so thank you so much for, for, you know, hanging in there with me. I just wanted to kind of, you know, I kind of just kind of talking from the heart a little bit and, and kind of letting it, letting it go. So, um, it's taking me a little longer to get all my ideas out really on the podcast today. But anyway, so, so, you know, appreciate, appreciate you, uh, tuning in, you know, stay tuned. Oh, last thing, last thing, last thing. So, uh, a few, a few episodes, a few episodes ago, I, I mentioned, um, you know, I'll be starting a YouTube channel. I will eventually, it's not as soon as I, wanted it to be. Um, so, you know, just wanted to just put that out there that it, it, it may be delayed. Um, so anyways, so that's all I got for now. Um, and like I always say, in the meantime, stay on your grind and keep your mind on success.